This is the Norris Group's Real Estate Investor Radio Show, the award-winning show dedicated to thought leaders shaping the real estate industry and local experts revealing their insider tips to succeed in an ever-changing real estate market. Hosted by author, investor, and hard money lender, Bruce Norris. Thank you for joining us. My name is Bruce Norris. Today, our special guest is Tony Alvarez. Tony is a real estate investor, property manager, teacher, mentor, and most importantly, he's a good friend of mine. Tony, how you doing? I'm doing great, actually. I, I cannot complain about anything. Everything in my life seems to be exactly where it, it, it's just, it's, it, it, I can't even say exactly where I want it to be, but um, it, it's like I'm being ushered along, you know, <laughs> regardless of whatever else is happening in the world. My life seems to be just fine. Well, you've gone through some stuff in the last couple of months. So oh, yeah. You're feeling, how are you feeling? You had open heart surgery, for God's sakes. Well, yeah. And it was, you know, a lot of people, when you say open heart surgery, they immediately think it's bypass surgery, which nowadays is pretty much like getting, you know, your teeth cleaned. But uh, <laughs> that, that was not my situation. My situation is um, what they call um, aortic aneurysm caused by a bicuspid valve in my, uh, my, uh, my aortic valve was bicuspid. And, that, and that's, and that's a, a, an issue that I had since I was born. It's instead of having three little flaps, it had two little flaps. And so the blood comes out of my heart into my body um, with force, just like when you put, you hold down a faucet or something, I mean, a, a hose, you put your thumb on right. a hose and it causes some damage, but um, it was caught by accident. It was caught during a physical that I a yearly physical that I have, which included uh, an uh, echocardiogram, which is like what they do for women when they're pregnant, you know, to find uh, to see the little baby and all that. Um, and they found I had this issue, and they went back in the test before a year back and found that I had it from 12 months before. Yeah, but was never caught by the cardiologist. So. It's, it's been, you know, I had everything done. I traveled down back to California and I had everything done at uh, Cedar sinai and all that um, with a marvelous uh, surgeon, Dr. Trento. And so far, so good. You know, it's a series of thresholds that I have to go through. You know, they, if you pass the surgery and then you get the first 30 days and the first year and then five years. And, but with the exception of some limitations that I had initially, you know, and, uh, and I still have some, um, which are just, uh, you know, due to the surgery itself, because it's, it's pretty serious stuff. Um, yeah. I mean, if I, if I explain the surgery to you, I mean, when I, I try not <laughs> to think about it, I try not to think about it too much because the, the procedure I have actually has a name. It's called the Bentol procedure, Bentol. And, uh, you go online and you just Google Bentol procedure and there's a nice little graphic of what it was, you know, with color and everything and like a little uh, animated thing. And it shows us taking- And you, well, you had the one that your, they purposely stopped your heart, right? Well, yeah, they do that. Yeah, they stopped my heart for it was almost like between four and five hours and they get you hooked up to a, a heart and lung machine. Um, and I think that's yeah. also typical of when they do some serious, uh, more serious surgeries. And, uh, and, and it affects you, you know, I mean, they tell you it's, you're going to have some emotional ups and downs and, and that's, a, that's a side effect of having this type of surgery for many reasons, but uh, also because your blood is going through this machine, which apparently can cause some damage to the platelets, you know, temporary. And so 
when it goes through your brain and stuff like that, you know, you end up, uh, you know, you end up having some, some weird, you know, little things. I was watching myself and it was quite uh. Uh, an interesting process. Yeah. But I'm on the, I'm on the men, you know, I mean, they oh took, my God. well, they, I'm they glad you're four, four to five inches of my aorta were actually, you know, cut at both places and they put a piece of Dacron and this is a funny thing. Okay. I'm reading up, I'm studying cause I can't help myself. I have to analyze everything. Right. So I'm studying up on how they came up with this idea. This idea, a surgeon <laughs> came up with this years ago when he was, he was sitting in his, in his living room, looking at, looking at his living room, frustrated because he couldn't figure out a way to help his patients that had this issue. And he looks up and he sees his wife's curtain rod and he looks at the curtains and he, he gets up there, tears the curtain down and decides that there's a piece of, you know, it's, it's Dacron. It's just a piece of that. And, and he decides, he gets the idea from the curtain thing, the sleeve, that this is exactly what they need to do. And so he got the idea from looking at his wife's curtain. So I basically have a curtain thing in my cart somewhere working. It's doing a great job. <laughs> when, yeah. when, I, when I think of you, I just want you to, you know, what, what comes to mind first is your ability to garner people's support and love. Um, I, I've seen you do that, you know, when you when you deal with REO agents, um, that's a com very competitive environment. Um, I guess I, I'm wondering, do you feel some of that is by a lot of training or do you feel some of that is innate to who you are? I'm, I'm really curious because I have a buddy named Alex who happens to be Cuban too. Yes, yes. And he's just, he's very similar in that he gets people to do the most absurd things willingly, like their team partners. And yeah. it's hilarious to watch him operate, but it's not, it's not really like it's a, it's, it's not even a game to him. It's just, it's almost an expectation that he has that of course they'll help. So I just wondered what were your, what was your perspective on that? Because you get people to do things. You know, um, this year, um, <clears throat> with the political stuff that we had and all that, I got to see this this Cuban guy who somehow made it to uh, to uh, one of these gatherings that they had and it was pretty public and um, and he 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 stood up and spoke and he actually spoke I think at the uh, at the Republican convention or something he was up there had a really heavy Cuban accent and the guy actually brought me to tears you know uh, speaking about his past and this and that and Cuban and all that stuff. But what I what I got to see, because I asked that I asked that same question of myself uh, over the years, uh, uh, and, and you're the one who got me started on that trip. Thank you very much. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> when you asked me to speak for the first time, and you, and I had to become very introspective because I'm thinking ah, I haven't done it. I never thought of anything that I've ever done as anything out of the ordinary, except just work hard, you know, and kind of know where I wanted to go and and deal with the bumps along the way, but. This man got up and he was speaking and he had such uh, uh, clear thinking and determination and, uh, in his thought process and, and, and in his actions as he's explaining about his past and what he's experienced in this. <clears throat> and I realized that that's a theme that runs through Cubans, period. I hate to generalize it that way because, you know, anytime you generalize anything nowadays, people think you're nuts. But um, 
I don't think I've ever met too many uh, Cubans <clears throat> that went through some of the things, you know, uh, 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 that uh, Cuba is a very, uh, the island is in, in its history, it's just very tumultuous, you know, I mean, it, it, if you didn't have a revolution every so many years, you know, it's like a hurricane that comes every season, you know, it's just right. expected, you know. So there's a, so there's a level of survival, there's a survival instinct, and then also one of camaraderie, because when whenever you deal with uh, any kind of uh, of upheaval or, or adversity, <clears throat> though, you know, you either expect everyone to be on your team, you know, and you, or, or, or you're going to have a really hard time getting through whatever it is that you're getting through. You know, I remember, I remember when Reagan had to get shot, you know, and they said he went into the, they wheeled him into the uh, operating room or whatever at, uh, at the hospital. I forget the name of the hospital, at the military hospital. Um, and the first thing he said when he looked up and he saw all these guys with masks on, he goes, I hope you're all Republicans. <laughs> you know? so, so, the, so the assumption is, and, and everybody laughed, of course, is, um, hey, you're all, you're all here to help me accomplish my goals. Um, and, and, I, and I think that that runs through me very, uh, in a very natural way. And uh, I think if, if I think back, I think that's a, it's a cultural thing. Um, um, I, you know, but it also starts with your own family dynamics. You know, my mother was extremely supportive and uh, she, she told us, and I've commented this uh, before on stage, it, it stayed with me forever. I mean, my mom is still with us and I speak to her every single day. So, um, and my mom would tell us, we, we, we'd be leaving for school, for Catholic school, first thing in the morning, right? This is, we're living in a city where there's absolutely no other Cubans. There's just Italians and Irish and everybody else. And it's just <laughs> our family. No one else speaks Spanish except for the pastor at the Catholic church at the school that we got, that we were allowed to attend. And, and she says, remember this. She used to bend down to us. She said, remember, in this life, you could be friends. You can meet and make friends with anyone, no, no matter how rich or powerful or whoever they are, as long as you learn to love people first. And, you know, when we were kids, we used to think mom's nuts, you know, because to us, you know, your kid, you know, love means you kiss a girl on the mouth or whatever, you know, See, we didn't quite, it didn't quite settle in. But as, as time went by, my mom would take us with her wherever she went. She went to speak to the priest. She would take us with us. And she always would point at her face before we walk in. She would turn to us. We're all standing there like a little <laughs> tribe. And she'd go, she'd go like this. And, the, and, 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 and so we would ask, you know, we would all smile. And, and, and she would say, <clears throat> whenever you go to visit someone, always bring something. But if you don't have anything, if you're poor, Bring a smile, bring an optimistic attitude. You don't want to walk in going, oh, we're poor, you know, geez, can you help us? You know, and she says, that doesn't go anywhere. So you, 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 you bring, you know, you, you bring the best of, your, of yourself. And so you can't get hammered with that every single day, every single day, every single day as a kid, see your mom do it everywhere she goes. She's friends with everyone. I mean, <clears throat> I want to tell you something just briefly. I got bounced out of high school one time for skipping too many classes. Okay. I just want you to know. I okay. mean, I walk in, I get called down to the, to the, to the, to the guy's office, you know, the, I forget what they call it. And, and I go down there and he, well, Mr. Kennedy, I walk in, he goes, you're out. I said, what? He goes, you're out of here. You're suspended. 
you've been late for your first homeroom class. I, I was so dumb that I would be late for homeroom or I would skip it and then I would <laughs> go to my class, you know? So I'm showing like yeah. 300 days absent, right? So I said, you can't do that. My mother will kill me. You know, I know that she'll be disappointed. No, you're out of here. I don't want to see you again until I speak to your parents. I leave and across the street from the high school was this park, the Lawrence Common. I go there and I'm sitting there and I'm thinking, what am I going to do? I can't tell my mother I got bounced out of school. My dad, <laughs> a bit, right? So I look, I raise my eyes and I look across the street and I look and I see City Hall. Well, I said, that's it. I made a beeline for City Hall and I went straight up and asked to speak with the head of public safety, Mr. Donovan. <laughs> now, I want you to know, we knew that man. My mom was involved in, his, in, in, in supporting him for politics. And, 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 and the guy who, who was there, Louis DiRusso, I knew him. I went to school with his son. I walk in, I said, I need to speak to Mr. Donovan. He goes, Tony, what are you doing out of school? I said, listen, now, now this is a small town. <laughs> That I've got to speak to Mr. Donovan. I just got bounced out of school. He said, you got bounced. And he smiles at me. And he goes, sit down. So he goes and disappears into this big, awesome, you know, room and all this. And he goes inside. And then he comes out and he goes, Mr. Donovan's going to see you. But I don't know about you. And, he, and I go in. I sit down. There's this man behind this desk. It was so, I mean, it was so overwhelmingly ominous to me at the time. You know, I just, so, I'm, so I'm sitting there. And, I, and he says, Tony, what's happening? How's your mother? I said, she's very good. But I said, I have, I have to ask you a favor. And he said, what? I said, I had a problem at school and I got thrown out. He said, why did you get thrown out of school? He said, because I said, well, I, you know, I skipped classes or, you know, I was late. And I, he says, Kennedy, Mr. Kennedy. I said, yes. He goes, well, hold on a second. And he picks up the phone <laughs> and he starts dialing this guy. Okay. Now I want you to know this guy on the other end, answers the phone right finally gets on the phone he's got him on a speaker thing in the in the room and this was years ago where it was like a box you know and you could hear everything from a mile away and he says joe this is this is uh this is mr donovan hey how you doing how's it got yeah i got listen i got a young man in here tony alvarez tony alvarez <laughs> he goes yeah he says he just got bounced out of school and uh you know and his i know his mom you know and he goes oh my goodness no well no, 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 no. That's a, it's, 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 you know, it's, it's not a big thing. He goes, well, you know, I know his mother. He goes, no, no, send it back. We're fine. He can go, no, no. Well, no, Joe, I'm not asking you for a favor here. I'm not asking you for a favor. I'm just saying, you know, no, no, that's not a favor. No, no, I get it. I get it. Send it back. So he hangs up the phone. Now, this man is in shock because he was a really fine man. He did not anticipate, he wasn't really asking the guy for a favor. And he was, and, 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 and the other guy on the other phone, he never said anything to him. He just said, hey, I got this guy, this young man in my office. I know his mother. And he just assumed everything else. Now, I go back to school. I walk in, and Mr. Kennedy looks at me with a big smile on his face. He goes, well, I didn't know your family knows Mr. Donovan. And I said, well, he goes, go back to school. We're okay. All right, go back to school. Just don't skip your class. We're at home, bro. You're giving me a headache, okay? Go back. Okay. Now, I cannot tell you what in me possessed me to think that I could walk into that office and speak to a guy who really had a lot more important things to do than to deal with something like that. But I didn't think anything of it. In other words, I thought nothing at all <clears throat> because in my mind, there was some kind of injustice that had been done to Tony Alvarez. You know? <laughs> and the truth of the matter is that, that well, it wasn't. Well, I was guilty. You know? I, I, 
I get, I get it. Let's put it on a scale. Disappointing mom or facing like the mayor. Oh, yeah. we'll take the mayor. <laughs> I could not disappoint my mom. There was no way I was going home. I'd rather sleep out in the park for the rest of my life than go home and tell my mother I could go to school. So that, in, in all honesty, that's, that's, that's run through my life. Just like when I came up to Oregon and uh, you had... Um, you know, you had discussed at one of your at one of your uh, seminars about, uh, you know, checking out doing new construction and stuff like that. Well, I really didn't have a lot of experience doing any of that. And, and I and you mentioned Florida and Oregon as two states that, that at the time uh, had uh, net migrations, you know, positive net migration. And so I thought, wow, I've been coming to Oregon for 20 some odd years, you know, and I had I never thought of really investing in real estate up here except my own home. Uh, it was like my my retreat. It's a place I you know get away to to get away from real estate and all that kind of stuff. So so I started looking around for you know an older home on a larger lot or something you know to see if I could get it split up. And you know next thing I know, I'm, I'm you know I don't know anything about this. Nothing. I don't know. I don't know the first thing about developing anything. I, I had only built two houses in, in Southern California and I didn't build anything. I just hired a contractor, had a lot. I said, Hey, get out there and do whatever you guys do. And he had a plan from a previous house he was building and he built me two houses and they were fabulous. I, I, we made some astronomical amount of money, like $160,000 on each one or something. Anyways, I get up here before you know it. I, I, I'm, I'm asking the guy who was my property manager at the time, and that didn't last very long. I said, you know, do you know anybody? Said, oh, you got to get an engineer. I said, you know anybody? Yeah, I got this guy, you know, Gerlitz. I, I go see him. Wonderful person. I said, do you know? I got to get a contractor. Oh, yeah, I got these guys that are contractors. Next time he's referring me. Of course, these are people that are established here that are the cream of the crop in this town. Right. And they all know each other, right? I mean, birds of a feather, right? So I'm, I'm being introduced. These doors are being opened to me one by one. And I walk in, I'm passing through saying, Hey, you're up. Now I got this team. I never forget the first meeting we had at, 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 at the engineer's office There all these people in there. And I actually sat back while they were talking among each other. I sat back and I, you know, I looked at them and I, I took a moment where I was actually out of that room. And I was thinking about, all of this stuff ran through my head. You know, living in Lawrence, coming from Cuba, my mother talking. I mean, all of it just, it was like it all came together. And I'm thinking, I'm sitting in this room and I'm really doing nothing. I just brought these people together because I had an idea that you put in my mind, to be honest, to develop something. And all of a sudden, I got this team of guys in my office that are making this happen. Now, I'm pushing that card along. There's no denying that. Uh, it's my level of determination that's going to get this started and is going to get it completed because, believe me, we've run into some into some stuff where, you know, I discovered granite, <laughs> granite in the middle of what we're supposed to be developing. And I had to bring in a crane. They were talking, we might need dynamite. And this yeah. is the middle of town. And I'm, I'm you know, and, and, and I can't tell you how many people said, you need to shut this down. You need to forget about this. This is too costly. It's going to make the project. Now, something in me, the minute you say that, something in me goes, this is exciting. <laughs> <laughs> you, know, you, know, you know what I'm saying? This just became really fun. 
and finding a way to get it to get it done and it, and and we got it done and we found a company out of portland who said you don't need dynamite we've got new technology we can hammer that thing out it's not as costly as you think and we had set aside thank goodness due to the great contractor that we had we had set aside contingency funds for whatever could, and it was fine and we're getting those things done right now 11 lots you know so it's I think it's a combination of things, you know, what uh, the type of heart someone has that they bring to their, to whatever it is that they're doing, you know, the level of determination, but the heart behind it, you know, I, we, and we've often talked about that. What's the steam behind the engine that, that, uh, that, that drives someone to, uh, to fulfill the dream that they have or the desire that they have, you know, because it, you, you might have a certain level of desire to get started in the race. Right. Right. And then, and then, and then you trip or, or something happens along the way. Well, what keeps you going? What keeps you going? It's gotta be a certain level of belief or confidence that you're going to get this thing done. You know, it's got to, there's a way to get it done. And, um, you know, I, I, I think that comes from dealing with historically dealing with adversity. I mean, how difficult do you think it is for me to deal with something that comes up in business or something and, and, and sit back and realize we just need to find a way to get this done? When I compare it to my parents, who have been the two biggest mentors of my life, deciding to come from Cuba which, by the way, just deciding to leave Cuba at that time was a huge risk right. because it was, you know, you could just as easily get the visa to leave or approved to leave with nothing in your hands. You know, you had just the clothes you're wearing or you could be arrested and thrown into political prison and stay in there for the rest of your existence, to be honest, because right. we have family members that suffered that. So and it was a total gamble. And you got all your kids with you. You don't speak the language. You're going to land in a place you don't know. The only thing you're looking forward to is the freedom of knowing. When you get here, you don't have to worry about speaking your mind and getting shot in the head, you know, for just speaking your mind. So, and that's why a lot of, you know, you'll see films of people that come to this country that the minute they land here, the first thing they do is kiss the ground. So, you know, you come through all of these things, right? And now you're looking at granite. In the middle of it, you know, whenever I've confronted something that at the moment may seem like it's insurmountable or whatever, I go back, you know, I usually go home and I end up thinking of my parents and I end up reminding myself where I came from. And all of a sudden it's like it puts it right into place. Have you ever had a like I used to have a card for just like that, what you're saying, you know, where those were those instances where you were you were successful when there was no no way that you were supposed to be i and the power of somebody in your life is really important i'm going to i'll tell you just a story i had to take a fireman's test now i come from a, f- a family of uh very skilled athletes my dad was a very skilled athlete my brother was a world-class black belt in karate while he was taking karate wow. and, and already a black belt um, and I was basically the pacifist in the family, but the expectation was there that if you were going to play athletics or whatever, uh, you were serious. Well, there was a fireman test, physical agility fireman test that I went to go take. And um, probably three, 400 people took it, but it was pouring rain that day. 
And a hundred percent of us failed on the first go around because you couldn't hold on to these silly bars that were hanging down. Well, one guy decided to hold on to both bars with two hands, well, the bar with two hands and then go to the next one. And by the way, I didn't leave after I failed because I couldn't go home. Same reason. I couldn't walk up to my brother and say, I failed the physical agility test. It wasn't a sentence that could be uttered at right. my house. And so I, I, I literally sat on the, on the, against the fence looking at that obstacle for the two or three hours that it, before I could retake it. And I did it. And when I came home, he says, so how'd it go? And there were four, like 400 people took it, 25 passed it. And he says, you were one of them, right? It was like, yes. Yeah, that's expected. Exactly. exactly. <laughs> it was, but he, I, I, I wish there were, I could have said a sentence like to, to embellish the outcome, but the outcome for him was of course. Yeah. And yeah. when you, when it, you, it's an afterthought. You, you, that, that, you, you're, you're, that's, you have to pass that thing. That's right. Well, that's why, that's why you went across the street rather than to face your mom. The expectation was there's no worse trip than going to see mom. <laughs> I've got to go solve yeah. it some other way. That's cool. I like that. Well, I don't know yeah. if you, so, I, don't so know if I, you I, I think, I don't know if you, no, go ahead. if you don't have that embedded, it, it seems like it's it's possible to garner it. You know, you'd really have to concentrate yeah. and say, okay, I've got these instances in my life where I really did something that was unusual and difficult. And I'm gonna I'm gonna make sure I remember that about me. And here's another one, you know? Like here's another one. Okay, I'll look at yeah, this. And list. I wanna and I would just you know I, I wanna I wanna just inject something in here because I wanna make sure that I'm clear about what I'm what I'm explaining because sometimes I can get, I get so, so hyper-focused in my mind and I see, you know, I see things in very vivid pictures in my mind, in my imagination. I'm able to go back and see these moments with my mother or this or that. And they're, and it's almost like they're happening right now. I've, I've always been very grateful to have that ability within my own mind, you know, but, but I want, you know, because I realize I forget that, that, that people will hear this conversation. It's not just us speaking and, and, um, and that thought just came to mind. And I have to share something because my mother's uh, sharing of this with us, you know, we're, we're, we're five brothers, you know, I mean, it, it, you know, you have five brothers in a family, you're going to have a variety of outcomes, right? right. Not, not everyone is going to grab the brass ring, so to speak. And not everybody wants to, you know, they, I have brothers that heard the same words I heard, you know, that are not that, you know, they're not that, they're not, they don't have such big dreams or any, you know, they, they're okay. You know, um, but the most important thing for people to understand is what is the inherent potential that we are born with? That's what my mother was reaching into. She was looking at all of us, not because we're the same, but because we, she knew from her own life, whatever she had already gone through and all the adversities that she had overcome that we are all endowed with the potential to do whatever it is that we choose to do. Bar whatever occurs, it doesn't, and you see this all the time, we see this and sometimes we look at it, we're entertained by it or we're impressed by it. You see a, a young man who goes off to the military. I love, the, the military just has such an impact on me. They go, he's a young strapping guy, you know, 
married to maybe what, uh, his first child or whatever, goes off to some war or something that we have going on, comes back with no legs. No legs. Now, I don't care. You know, no arm. His face destroyed from a fire. I mean, it's just... And you compare that to granite? Finding granite on your thing? Right. And now these guys have to confront their lives. You know, they, there's stories that you read. Because I really I really get, you know, I, he, he speaks to his wife and says, honey, you didn't sign up for this. You don't have to stay. You know, I mean, this is real stuff. This isn't yeah. like, you know, somebody wrote this like, a, like some Christmas story. This is real life stuff. And you see these guys overcome this and, and they say they go through depression and they can't. And then they finally decide to do this. Now you want to talk about deciding to do something for financial reasons. Wake the hell up. Yeah. I mean, there, what what limitations could we possibly as individuals have when you see these young people and you see one after the other after the other different backgrounds, different religious beliefs, different family structures. Different placements within the families, whether they're born the youngest or the oldest or the guy in the middle or whatever it is, male, female alike, right? And they choose in the moment to become more than they've been up until that point in their lives. There's no, there's no limitations. There's, there's really no limitations except the only ones that something in our minds brings up. And then we accept it. And we say, okay, that's it. I'm parking here. You know, I'm getting off. I'm not going to. That's it. That's as far as I can take it. So I think that's the that's the beautiful part of our lives is that, you know, people, uh, you know, say I'm trying to, you know, I want to. How do I get financially free or financially independent? Or listen, that's minuscule compared to what you can accomplish in this life. And 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 you're right when you say the people have an impact. You know, you see a guy grab the bar with both hands and you go, hello. <laughs> you know, <laughs> I hadn't thought of that one. <laughs> you okay, <laughs> okay, I'll go. That took a, I'll thank him later. Uh, so, Bruce Norris says to Tony Alvarez, "Hey, I know you're out there busy working. You know, uh, would you like to speak at this thing I'm doing? What? I never spoken to anybody. I don't even do lunches. <laughs> you know, <laughs> I don't tell any. I don't talk. Not because I didn't want to share what I said. Because I would stop. I'm going through a drive-through restaurant, and some guy says, "Oh, hey, Tony, you whatever." or sees me reading something about real estate. Oh, what do you do? I'm a real estate guy. Next thing you know, I'm doing a seminar at the drive-up window with Carl's Jr., right? And the people <laughs> behind me start honking, right? So it wasn't for that reason, but 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 you, you know, you brought something into my life and you as you always have, you know, ideas that you bring and I and uh, and, and and you recognize if you're smart enough, if you wake up, you you recognize these people have put into your life. You know, Bruce Norris was put into Tony Alvarez's life for very specific reasons, and not by accident. I don't believe that at all. And 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 may I say at this moment, the reverse is also true. I remember when Bruce Norris was not such a big hugger, okay, <laughs> but Aaron Norris was. Yeah, <laughs> you know, I remember meeting Aaron and thinking to myself, the first thing Aaron did when he saw me, he opened his arms to give me a hug. And I thought, wow, this guy's related to me, you know? <laughs> so, yeah. So, so isn't it, isn't it funny how we all, you know, we, we, we intertwine somehow into each other's lives and we make, we help each other to be more than what we were at that moment. Somehow we find, but where do we find these things? 
we might see them outside of ourselves, but we find them within our, ourselves, you know. So there's we a, seek there's a, a Christmas present that I, I get my family, every, every family unit gets a box, a, a tin of candy. Whoop. No, no, I'm lost. here. Okay. Gets a tin of candy from a military man that lost, that lost uh, limbs and, and so forth. And he, he started a candy business. And so he has his story on his website. So I print his story. And there's, it's like four pages of his story. At the end of it, he basically says, I just want my children to know that anything is possible. Oh, wow. Yeah, it's pretty powerful. So, and he's got, it's great candy too, by the way. So, yeah. Where do you get that? <laughs> You'll I'll have to tell me that. Yeah, I'll send it to you. All right, I, I thank just, you very much. I got 20 boxes of it sitting about to go on an airplane trip uh, Friday. <laughs> That would be marvelous. I would love to follow suit on that. Okay. Yeah, that's, uh, that was pretty cool. When I saw his story, he was on like a squawk box or something. Tell him it's telling his story. So I thought, oh my gosh, okay, well, I'm going to, I'm going to support that. And I've done it ever since every year. So. Very cool. So um, you know, Jim Rohn taught me a long time ago. He says, uh, the how is easy if the why is big enough. Right, right. And that, that's kind of what you're saying. Um, yes. every, everybody has, like I said, the beginning question, which we've been on for a while, but it's important because you're able to gain, garner people's support. Part of it is that you're, the, you're probably the best time they ever have. When, when you walk in, they know we're about to have some fun. We're about to laugh. We're about to smile. That's not normal, Right. Well, I, I, I agree. Yeah. yeah. Most of them, even, even, even the, even the, uh, the business people, you know, and it's different because doing business in Los Angeles, um, you know, like when I was in Santa Monica and, and, and Burbank and all that, and then I went out to the Antelope Valley um, and the Antelope Valley was a much smaller market, but yeah, comparatively speaking, it, you know, it was, it was pretty good compared to here, you know, and then you come up here and it's a, you know, Grants Pass is not Medford, Oregon. Medford is more like the San Fernando Valley. Grants Pass is a very tiny market. And then, and what I found was is that people that do business in Grants Pass don't go to Medford. They just don't. To them, going to Medford is like driving to the big city. That's where the Costco is, you know. It's like a 20-minute drive, okay? <laughs> oh, my God. Drive. Yeah. yeah. But no, no. They, that's once a week thing, you know. They only do that once in a while. And so you start very sensitive you start realizing they're very sensitive to their reputations, that what somebody says, what doesn't say, you know, the bank, who, you, who you're dealing with. And um, I've had some experience here, and I don't want to get into all of them, but I had some experiences here that were really um, kind of unsettling uh, sometimes. Um, I, at the beginning, you know, brought my California mind up here, and I'm at the local bank, and I chose, specifically chose Evergreen Bank. By the way, that's where I actually borrowed their name years ago from my company when I was <laughs> up here. Yeah, I, saw, I thought it was a lovely name. And I thought, you know, this will work really well in the Antelope Valley because everything there was high desert and desert this and that. I thought evergreen, that'll bring a new picture to someone's mind, you know, and on my card will have little trees and stuff, you know. And, uh, and I actually, you know, I had an experience where when I got up here and I was doing a lot of 1031 exchanges and I was very demanding. Now, this is supposed to be the oldest and biggest bank here in town they actually 
there was a moment in time where the manager there asked me to take my business elsewhere. Okay. Now, okay. to Tony Alvarez, the person who sees himself as the loving, hugging, friend of everyone, relationship-making guy, that was a shock to the system of monumental proportions. Wow. I cannot tell you. I was beside myself. And I came home. It took, and he, and he did it. He sent me a text. I need to see you right away. I went by. I saw him. I walked in. He said, I think we need to make a change. This isn't really working out for us. This, that, the other thing. And, I, and he didn't get into specifics. And I walked out of there. I said, are you asking me to leave? He goes, <laughs> uh, yes. I think it's better if you find yourself another bank. I don't think we have, you know, this relationship isn't going in the direction we thought. I walked out speechless. Now, I leave that bank and I'm driving and I'm in shock. I tell you honestly, Bruce, in shock. And I drive and I see this new building I've been looking at being built all summer long. And it was a new bank. And I go into that bank. And it, it's called People's Bank, just so you know. Okay. I go in there and, I, and, I, and I drive in and I get out. Now I'm thinking, hey, the heck with it. You know, I'm not going to, if they don't like my business. I was hurt. Honestly, I was heartbroken because that's never happened to me. Okay. Right. Yeah. I've never, I've never been fired as a client. Okay. <laughs> so, so I walk in and I, and I ask to speak to someone and I get to speak to this, to this wonderful guy. And, and I go in there and, and, and I always, you know, how I always carry all my notes with me of all the properties I own. I always carry my spreadsheets. I haven't changed. Okay. I'm still the same <laughs> person. I still carry. And I have that with me. Right. And it shows my loans, my interest rate, you know, everything. And I walk in and I sit down with the guy and says, look, I don't want to get into too much detail, but I'm looking for a new bank. And, uh, and I really, you know, I need, I need to make a change because, uh, you know, and, and I said, well, let me just show you this. And I show him the spreadsheet. I said, this is what I got. I got these projects and all this stuff. And he, and he says, um, yes, yeah. he says, wow. You know, he says, he says, but Tony, I just have one question. He said, because he knew the bank. He said, he asked me, I said, yeah, that's the bank. He goes, I, you know, I don't know if I can even touch these rates. It's, 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 uh, why, why, why would you ever decide to leave? You know, they're, they're a good bank, you know? And I said, look, I'm going to be honest with you. I, I was just asked to leave. And, and he said, you were asked to leave? I said, yeah. And he, oddly enough, is good friends with the guy who <laughs> fired me. <laughs> he said he asked you to leave i said yeah i don't know what's going on whatever well what ends up happening is and i and i end up developing a relationship and by the way there was many years ago just to show you how this town is many years ago i had uh i was uh, being interviewed by you like this on the radio show and uh and someone had called into the radio show and said, hey, they wanted to speak with me. I remember Aaron calling me and saying, someone called into the radio show and wants to speak with you. Wants your, do you mind if we give him your contact? I said, no, give him my number, whatever. you know." And this, and this wonderful man calls me and, um, and ends up sending me a, a book that he had written about himself and his wife. And they, you know, they were in the real estate business up here. Um, Turns out that his, his, his father had also uh, written a book about his, his father had gotten started in the business many, many years ago. Wonderful man who's since passed, but I got, I got the opportunity to meet him. Um, and the, and, and 
make a long story short, I, I, I get a call after I'd meet that guy at the bank and all that. I get a call from that same guy, okay, who calls me one day and says, hey, leaves me a message, says, I heard you went by and visited with so-and-so at the bank, and uh, we'd like you to come back. <laughs> and uh, I'm like, how does that, what the hell? I, how does he know that I went, I mean, I just, I get, I get on the phone, and I call him up, I said, how did you, how did you know that I was at that bank? He goes, listen, it's a small town. Here's the thing. We want you to come back and, and talk to us again about, uh, you know, your business. And I said, well, but he said he can't even touch my rates. <clears throat> I'd appreciate it if you go back and speak to the guy again. And I said, you know, you're the type of person we'd like to have as a customer, as a client. I said, but he said he couldn't. He goes, listen, I don't know if you're hearing me, but I need you to go and talk to the guy again. I said, well, he said, look, let's just get down to brass tacks. My father's the largest shareholder in that bank, and I'm on the board of directors. Now, will you get yourself back over there? As soon as you can? <laughs> That's going to do it for part one of Bruce's interview with the outspoken investor, Tony Alvarez. Please be sure to check in next week for part two. Thank you. For more information on hard money loans and upcoming events with the Norris Group, check out thenorrisgroup.com. For information on passive investing with trust deeds, visit tngtrustdeeds.com. The Norris Group originates and services loans in California and Florida under California DRE License 01219911, Florida Mortgage Lender License 1577, and NMLS License 1623669. For more information on hard money lending, go to thenorrisgroup.com and click the hard money tab.